We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Body to a Friday all edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers. Here we go. We've got our first NFL game in the books. We'll get you ready for a full slate this weekend. College football, NFL, high school football week two. It is time to roll. And Friday are always going to be a blast on this show. We'll make picks. We'll bring in our buddy Paul Savage. We'll get those recorded and have a little friendly competition going throughout the week. We'll let you know how our picks preseason went last week. A lot of stuff to get through today. Welcome in, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Catcher, Jad Chambers here for us. Tommy, we get today, and I'm never betting again. I'm done. I'm out. Never <laughs> betting again. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, I don't know if that's really the the best thing to talk about to lead off the show. Um, uh, yeah, you and I both we loved the Rams as as home dogs. Uh, didn't really turn out that way, but hey, that's why they play the game, right? And that's why we wager. Um, it's a, I guess it's a good lesson uh, to be learned that uh, you know, hey, really, we probably don't know what the hell we're talking about. Well, nobody does ever, right? When it comes to it's it's a guess. Look. We're kidding, of course. Of course, we'll be betting um, this weekend. I have, I, I have, you know, it's funny. You've got the promotions and everything. I have so many bets this weekend. My head's gonna explode. I'll never be like this again. The rest of the way for me, I'll never do it this way again. Um, where you just have so much going on in so many different places. But you know, you had all the promotions and everybody getting excited. But it was fun, and it, you know, it kind of leads into that game. You know, we read it. Both of us agreed that the Rams weren't getting enough love. The champs. Um, at home, it was what should be a good pass defense, a good pass offense for the Bills. Like the matchups, you know, should have lended themselves to the Rams. But then there's this one glaring issue that I didn't give enough credence to. Whitworth's out. The Rams offensive line looked terrible in that game. And and that allowed the Bills to to really flex and kind of push them around on both sides. 
Yeah, I really did. And I, I don't know. I thought about this a lot. I tried to figure out if it's more of a story of the Rams being bad or the Bills being great. And I think that there's a little bit of both in there. Um, I certainly didn't expect, and I don't think anybody really expected a three touchdown win for the Bills. Even those that I think were all in on the Bills going into this game, it's hard to think that any of them thought, oh, yeah, they're going to go in and they're going to blow out the defending Super Bowl champs, you know, at, at home. Um, so I, I don't know. That That's something that is. I've thought about it a lot. And yeah, the, the Rams offensive line was terrible, but that doesn't take anything away from how great the defensive front from Buffalo was. Um, I mean, they, they got so much pressure on Matthew Stafford. And here's what I think is the craziest thing about the, the pressure that they got. They didn't blitz at all. There was not a single blitz. Leslie Frazier did not call a blitz one time in that game for Buffalo. And they still blew up the offensive line for Los Angeles. They still got to Matthew Stafford. They still stopped the run. It was completely ineffective running the football for Los Angeles in that game. And so I, you know, I, I really, like I said, I've gone back and forth on, is this a story of the Bills being great or the Rams being bad? I think the Bills, where I land on this, and I'd be interested to know what you think about this, Jacob. I think I don't want to I don't want to crown the Bills just yet. They were they were solid. They were really good. They were complete. I don't know if I want to say they were great because there were some miscues from Buffalo. They were complete, but the Rams were worse than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I, I think the offensive line for sure was. I think we maybe undersold the impact Von Miller could have immediately on that Bills defense. I they the Bills. <laughs> Here's what I'd counter with to that, and consider this. The Bills were without arguably their best defensive player in Tredavious White. He's one of the best corners in the league. And, you know, the Rams' game plan quickly became just get get it to Cooper Cup as fast as you can. You know, how much of an impact did Tredavious White have? That's, that's the scary thing to me. The Bills were on the road, and they didn't have maybe their best defensive player. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that that's part of it, too, was just that the, the the fact that they were able to get to, you know, Matthew Stafford, who clearly didn't look like, you know, the, the Matthew Stafford we saw last year. And I that there there's probably some some lingering issues there with that elbow that maybe, you know, it's been downplayed over the course of the offseason and throughout the preseason. He didn't look 100 percent, but at the same time. He didn't really have a lot of help either. He didn't have that offensive line and there was no running game whatsoever. I mean, the fact that Cam Akers had two carries for zero yards, he didn't get a chance to touch the football until like the second quarter. You know, Daryl Henderson, he ran the ball extensively early in that game, but even then he really wasn't super effective. He, he ran the ball on all eight plays of the opening drive um, and Cam Akers didn't run it at all in that opening drive. So there really wasn't a whole lot of help there. Um, the running game for Matthew Stafford, you, it really wasn't balanced whatsoever. And so I think that was part of it as well. But yeah, defensively for Buffalo, you know, they were they were able to figure out exactly what the game plan that Sean McVay had put together. And ultimately, it was going to go, the ball was going to go to Cooper Cup. And it did. And Cooper Cup still got his. But really, on there, there wasn't a whole lot of other weapons out there. I was, was super disappointed with the the efforts or the 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 usage I guess of Allen Robinson he had two targets the entire game and one of them was on the very last play of the game caught one pass for 12 yards 
and, and, you know, Jacob, you and I had talked about that several different times over the course of leading up to this game was that Allen Robinson has a new team. He can maybe slide in there and be a nice weapon for Matthew Stafford. He wasn't. He wasn't there at all. He was pretty much invisible uh, throughout the course of that game. And so I think that's something that needs to be worked out also. Um, but really, you know, I, I think on both sides of the ball for Los Angeles, there were things that were disappointing. And there were things that you you can look at like, okay, is this an anomaly because they played the Bills? Or is this... Uh, a symptom of something that's a lot more serious for Los Angeles as the season rolls on. I look at Jalen Ramsey. He had a terrible game. He was torched left and right for Los Angeles. Uh, he allowed a perfect passer rating from Josh Allen in that, in that game. I mean, perfect. Josh Allen couldn't have thrown the ball better against Jalen Ramsey than what he did last night. And so th there are, there are clearly some factors with Los Angeles that are concerning. Um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to completely jump off ship right now with LA, but definitely some things that I would say are, are pretty concerning. No, it, this to me is more about Buffalo than it is about the Rams to your original question. I Rams should be okay. I mean, they're going to feel great after they play was the Falcons next week. Like they're going to be yeah. all right. So They've got to figure some things out. Absolutely. they got to figure out how to protect Matt Stafford because he's not going to survive in that environment. He's just not. Um, if they can't get him protected, they have some weapons. I don't know why the Rams can't run the ball since Todd Gurley, but they haven't been able to run the ball since Todd Gurley, and that's a big part of what they want to do. So, again, to me, for them, it all comes into that offensive line, and, I, and that's something that can get better with time, but we'll just have to see. And, you know, for Buffalo, look – I, I do think that, you know, I don't think it's time to crown them by any means. But let's remember last year with Buffalo. They thought they had the Chiefs beat, right? And then the Chiefs had their miraculous comeback. So they thought they were there to be the best team in the AFC already. And they went out and they added Von Miller. Um, you know, they added Jamison Crowder, who I don't think is going to be a big factor anyway. But he's there now. You know, they, they added pieces. They... Uh, they they drafted Cook, Dalvin Cook's younger brother, who had a fumble early and kind of got pulled, but eventually he's going to be a factor. And Josh Allen had two early picks, and he still was fantastic in that game, only five incompletions, and he ran for almost 60 yards. They're a very dangerous team, just as we all suspected. But the scariest thing about the Bills to me is they can still get better defensively. Uh, we know they're going to score a ton of points. Like, their offense is loaded, loaded. We know they're going to score points. We know Josh Allen is in the conversation for the best young quarterback in the league. We know all of those things. Their defense could be scary, scary good. With Vaughn Miller there, when Tredavious White gets back. You know, they lost late in the year last year. They're, and I forget that they, they've got a linebacker um, that's really good. And he missed some time last year. And he was back. Milano. It's Milano. He's, he's a really good player, too. So, you know, just by being healthy and getting another year. And the other big question I had for the Bills was they, you know, they're losing. They lost their play caller, who's now the head coach in New York. So Dorsey was becoming a first time play caller. You don't know how that's going to go either. Well, it looked pretty good because I think the Rams defense normally will be very good. And, and look, that game was pretty tight until the fourth quarter. Right, yeah, it was thirty-one to ten, but it was tied at ten at halftime. Like it was, you know, a couple turnovers late by the Rams kind of let it get away. 
that's the other part of it. You know, late turnovers made that score a little worse. But, but you know, even within the numbers, Buffalo outgained them by 150, 170 yards, whatever it was. Like, it was a dominating performance for the Bills, but the Rams were right there through the third quarter. I think this is more about the Bills than the Rams. I think, yes, they're scary good. Um, they're not going to get tested a whole lot in their division, I would suspect. So we're going to have to look at these kind of games to to get a good feel for them. But, you know, they're going to have a great opportunity at home field because while the Chiefs, whenever you look at play just a tremendously difficult schedule, the Bills don't have a cakewalk. They got plenty of tough games. We're going to see, just for instance, we're going to see the Bills this year um, outside of the division. They'll get Tennessee, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Green Bay, Minnesota, and the Bengals as games out of the conference that I would look at as good test games. So they're going to get tested plenty. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, but, man, they did look good. They look good. Um, I'm angry at them um, because I was on the Rams' side of this thing. I did hit a, like a Stafford passing attempt prop that sort of salvaged my night, but I was wrong on this game. O for 1 in the NFL. <laughs> for, like a big, fat O for 1. Other than that one prop, did you have any uh, side bets hit? Uh, no, I didn't. I honestly had nothing hit. Um, I had a, a player prop thing going. Um, it was Allen Robinson that screwed that up for me. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hit anything last night. Um, I had a good outing fantasy wise. Uh, I had Gabe Gabe Davis on a couple of my teams and Josh Allen on one team. That was good. Um, but yeah, it was uh, from from a betting perspective, uh, it was uh, an evening to forget. All right, let's uh, let's take a call here, 869-1240. Chris on the line joining us. Chris, what's on your mind from that game last night? Hey, guys. Uh, well, uh, first let me say, uh, Jacob, I really enjoy hearing you on the weekends. That's always a fun deal, turning on the radio and hearing you pop on. And I didn't know, is there, is there a schedule for that for when you do weekend no. times? No, no on the CBS National Shifts. Yeah, they kind of just call and say, are you available? And I say yay or nay, and that's when we hop on. Okay. Nothing, nothing well, set, I'll though. I'll keep hoping for good luck then. Um, as far as the Rams go, I think a couple of things. Um, one is the, the loss of Whitworth was huge. I think he's always yeah. been an underrated uh, tackle. I'm a big Bengals fan, and he was awesome with us. I was disappointed to see him go from there. We dropped off the same as the Rams have. Um, my biggest concern, though, um, being a Bengals fan, because we kind of did the same thing the Rams did in the preseason, they they didn't play any starters, same as we did. So the offensive line and stuff didn't get those game reps. And so I was curious what your guys' thoughts might be on, because it seems to be maybe a little bit of a trend, you know, playing less and less starters in the preseason. And I don't know if you had, if maybe that had some of an effect on the Rams. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe when you're trying to make changes on the line like that, but honestly, now with the two and a half weeks or whatever they get between the final preseason game and this, like, I, I, I can't imagine it's as big a factor as it would have been before we lost a preseason game. I, mm -hmm. I think, I, I honestly, I think that they weren't ready for the Bills' pass rush, Bills. and and. And that's really what everything spiraled from. Like, everything came from the fact that they couldn't protect Stafford. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect Stafford. So Stafford's pressing. Right. Stafford throws some picks, which he's going to do. That's Stafford's game. 
And sure. while their defense played pretty well early, it finally unraveled late. They gave up. I, I just think it got away from them a little bit. And I think it all hinged on that line for sure. How much better the Rams line can get will be the decider of their season. But I'll tell you this. The Bengals had an awful, awful, one of the <laughs> worst lines in football last year. And they figured out how to play with a bad line. The Rams could also do that. So, one sure. week of a 17-game season, I, I wouldn't freak out yet. But, yeah, that's obvious. They, they've got to get better on the line. That was embarrassing. Well, and I congratulate you guys on your moxie on betting on first-week games. That's just hard for me to do <laughs> coming off preseason. Yeah. Yeah, it was not uh, not something that maybe, you know, in retrospect would be the something that I would do again necessarily. But, you know, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. That's 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 wagering for you. I will say real quick to your point, though, uh, I think that w when you look at what the Bills did defensively in that game, I mean, they they really limited what Matthew Stafford could do with the deep ball. I mean, you didn't see a big play at all from Los Angeles in that game. I mean, they, they, they really, they dropped those safeties back. Um, they wanted, they wanted Los Angeles to get eight, 10, 12 yards a crack. And that was about it. Um, and so I think that really was effective for, for them. And that was something that I'm sure going into that game, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford had this plan, like, Hey, we're going to have the opportunity to, you know, throw the ball deep. We're going to have the opportunity to get some big plays really didn't see that at all. So hats off to the bills defense for that. Yes. All Your right, defense guys. Thanks. Is just going to get better. Chris, thank you for the call very much. Chris joining us, 869-1240, as we'll take calls uh, throughout the show here. We appreciate Chris. Uh, let's take a quick break. Um, we're going we're gonna to do that. We'll come back. Uh, we can take anything else from this game, but I want to give us plenty of time to look ahead to the Chiefs this weekend. Um, and Straight football, keys to the game, all that kind of stuff. We'll do that next. Chiefs. Cardinals. We've got picks coming up in the second segment. We've got a high school football preview with Catch at Kansas coming up in the second hour. Busy, busy Friday show. Your calls 869-1240. We'll be back on Sports Daily. Your phone call is welcome. 869-1240. Sports Daily on 97.5 and 1240. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on a Friday. Glad to be with you. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Uh, licking our wounds after the NFL opener. Boy, we had it wrong. The Bills just uh, flexing on the Rams. It was it was tight. The Rams were trying to hang in there, but the Bills too much in the end. 31-10 winners just uh, demolishing them on the pass rush and eventually the offense doing whatever it wanted to seemingly against that Rams defense, which was expected and was last year one of the better units in the league. Uh, let's look now to the big game for us around here this weekend, and that's the Chiefs uh, going to Arizona in a line that's moved, if that tells us anything. You know, it started as, I think it was within three, three and a half points, now all the way up to six. Not sure why that is. Everybody can take a guess. We think maybe all the new sports wagering in, in you know, the state of Kansas maybe has something to do with that. And then, you know, one of our betting insiders this week let us know that a lot of the sharp money was going to Kansas City, too. So the Chiefs are are becoming very healthy favorites to an Arizona team who's got the Kyler Murray situation under control. They bring in Hollywood Brown. 
there's consistency there. That was a team that started, what, 10-0 and last year. They've had hot starts each of the last few years. Here come the Chiefs. Tommy, this is an interesting game, I think, game one of the new-look Chiefs. It is, and I don't want to tip my hand on when we get to the pick segment what I'm what I'm thinking with this game, but I will say that one thing that we've not really talked about, and I think it's been overlooked about what this Chiefs offense brings to the table, is let's not forget last year, offensively, there were times that the, the Kansas City offense struggled and it was it was like the defenses had started to figure out the tendencies of what Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, the entire personnel, the tendencies of what they like to do and, and the way that they run that offense. Patrick Mahomes had a few years under his belt and it was it was almost like at times that the 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 Superman tendencies were starting to wear off a little bit. This is a new look Chiefs offense. It's a clean slate for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and I'd like to think that that's going to bode well for them going into Arizona. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, you would think, for defenses, especially Arizona in week one, to adjust to what this new look offense looks like. We've talked a lot about who's going to get the, the receptions. How is that going to be divvied up among the new wide receiving core in Kansas City? And I think that's a legitimate question. But at the same time, I think we're neglecting to mention that defenses aren't going to know what to expect either with this new look offense. And I think that's going to bode well for Kansas city. Yeah, it's a, it, it is a, it is a tall task in a few different ways. I think, you know, the new defense, it faces a unique challenge in Kyler Murray for sure. Um, that, that he is a unique type of player. So that will be very interesting and a, and a good test. You know, the, the young secondary will get tested. No, they don't have Deandre Hopkins back, but they did, you know, they, they added Zach Ertz late last year. He's a factor if he plays. I know he's been on the fence a little bit. Um, Hollywood Brown's there. They have a decent run game. Like It's a good test. And I don't want to tip my hand on our picks either. We'll do that in a little bit because we are using the most recent lines from BetMGM. It's now up to six. I do like the Chiefs in this game as an opportunity here because I, I think that, you know, you've got the Cardinals not at full strength and you've had two and a half weeks to prepare for them and we know history tells us extra time for preparation lends itself very fondly to Andy Reid and what he does as a coach history shows us that he is very good with extra time to prepare um, and they'll have extra time essentially to come up with a game plan for this game that you know the first however many plays are are already drawn up and probably practiced for the offense that's a big advantage in this one it is, and this is a Kansas City defense that we've talked about at length about how they're faster, they're more athletic. Obviously, they got younger for sure. I think it's going to be uh, pretty apparent right off the bat how they're able to translate that athleticism and the quickness, the speed, all of that into an actual game flow. So I'm excited to see the younger guys on defense. I'm really excited to see George Karloftis with his first 
NFL, like regular season game experience. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if he walks away with at least one sack in this game. I know Kyler Murray is quick and can, you know, elude tacklers, but Karloftis has shown at least throughout the preseason that he's the real deal. So I'm excited for that. Chris Jones, you know, of course, we all know what he can do also, and he's got some help around him, uh, which will be good for the Chiefs defense. But I think that, you know, Steve Spagnola finally has the personnel that they're a little bit younger and more athletic and they can do more things. They're more versatile. And, you know, of course, that's been the narrative about this Chiefs defense throughout the course of the offseason, the way that they drafted the younger guys that they got in and Carl Loftus and Trent McDuffie at corner and, you know, some of these other pieces that have come in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how Spagnola is able to put it all together in an actual game flow and a game plan um, with a guy like Kyler Murray that can elude tacklers. Yeah, the running game has James Conner. They're okay. They're not a great run offense a lot of you know that their running attack centers around kyler murray and yeah they're missing deandre hopkins but they still have christian kirk they've got holiday they've got hollywood brown uh and so i think that 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 matchup between a younger more athletic chiefs defense and you know a, I would say an offense for Arizona that is missing some pieces, but still has the opportunity to be dynamic is going to be an interesting matchup. All right. We're going to take a break here. Come back on sports daily. When we return, we're going to have more on the chiefs and Cardinals matchup in Arizona on week one. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. Sports daily on a Friday, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Jad chambers. We'll be right back. This is KFH. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code JOY at checkout. That's harrys.com, code JOY. Enjoy! For over five decades, the Southwestern Remodeling family has been known in the community for producing the highest quality craftsmanship with a dedication to the customer experience. Because of that dedication, demand for our services is at an all-time high. If joining a team of highly talented, career-oriented craftsmen interests you, Southwestern Remodeling is always interested in talking to skilled, dedicated, and motivated individuals who see the remodeling field as a career, not just a job. With competitive pay and benefits packages and previous best places to work in Wichita wins, Southwestern Remodeling could be the right fit you are looking for. We are currently interested in speaking with lead carpenters for interior and exterior, as well as experienced crew members. 
Give us a call today at 263-1239 or hop on our website and fill out an application online. We would love to talk to you and see if you're a right fit for the Southwestern Remodeling family. Maine Kenny here. Oh, whoops. Uh, Kenny Maine here. All right, that one was on me. And hey, for new Caesars Sportsbook app users, your first bet's on Caesars. So if you don't win, you get up to $1,250 back as a free bet. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app and sign up with the code RADIOFULL. Open to new users in Kansas who are 21 or older or qualifying bet loses. Bet amount returned as a credit. Must use within 14 days. See Caesar.com slash promos for full terms. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Want to skip the more expensive fuel stations and fill up where gas is cheaper? Come to Truck Stop to check out our transfer flow fuel tanks. They're made in the U.S. from American steel and can add up to 100 gallons to maximize your driving range. There's a variety of size and placement options to fit your needs to transfer fuel to your vehicle, off-road toys, or other equipment. Great for RVers, contractors, hotshot delivery drivers, and outdoor enthusiasts. Save yourself time and money with a transfer flow fuel tank and get it installed before your next trip at Truck Stop at the corner of Central and Washington. Save big on your next project at Menards. Protect and maintain your wood surfaces with Minwax stains and finishes. They offer a variety of easy-to-use products that provide a beautiful... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. A little, little Jimmy to get us ready for a Friday. Who's not ready for this? I mean, come on. First NFL weekend. It's going to be awesome. We've been talking a little bit about that. Looking ahead to the Chiefs. You can go back and listen to our interview, kfhradio.com. Check out our podcast from with Dan Israel of the Chiefs Radio Network earlier in the week for even more insight on that game against the Cardinals. We'll give you our official picks coming up in the second segment. We'll talk a little high school football with Matt Henderson of Catch It Kansas and CatchItKansas.com. That's also coming up in the second hour. It's a big college football weekend too, Tommy. And I, I cannot, here, here's what I can tell you. 
whether it's K-State or KU this year right now, for different reasons, this is as much buzz as I've just felt just sort of around town, around the office, all that stuff. There is a different buzz this year for both of those programs, it feels like to me. Again, not not for the same reason. K-State has aspirations to try and win a Big 12 championship. KU has aspirations to just be relevant again to some degree. We had a great feeling coming into the year for both of those programs, and we had opening games that could not have gone much better for both of those programs. And something else they have in common, I think, much larger and more meaningful test coming this weekend. I am so excited for both of these games. Yeah, let's not forget that it wasn't that long ago that both of these teams were in bad places relative to their expectations, relative to where their programs typically stand. I mean, Kansas, we all know, was a dumpster fire and had been for a long time. And, you know, the the David Beatty situation and bringing in less miles was supposed to be this big fix and it wasn't and that was a dumpster fire i mean just one one thing after another for kansas and then that transition the last couple of years away from bill snyder riding off into the sunset and then chris Kleiman. and i know at the time there were some k-state fans that were like man we hired a, an fcs head coach to come in here and what is that going to look like for our program uh, and so th- I, I'm not sure I, I would I would venture to guess that it wasn't a unanimous positive hire from the from the K-State faithful at the time uh, so even just as recently as a couple of years ago both programs were having some disappointing times relative to where they expect to be and look at where especially Kansas State is now Chris Kleiman has absolutely rejuvenated that program I think they've got an opportunity to not only be bowl eligible again this year, but to finish near the top of the Big 12. Uh, They look pretty complete for the most part, albeit a couple of early question marks that I think they can get worked out. And then Kansas, I think Lance Leipold has been the right hire for them to try to pull themselves out of that dumpster fire. So I'm totally with you. There's, There's more intrigue about both of these programs and where they're both headed, Kansas State is is further along down that line. I don't I don't want to make it seem like they're on the same level right now because they're not. But both teams, I think there's more excitement with the fan base than there's been in a long time. It's uh, and we don't want to confuse the two things either. I, I think I, I think it you know for KU, I just want to I don't want to like pump the brakes at all because it's fun to have people excited about KU football again. And they clearly are. And it was even before last week because we had, you know, a record crowd at the opener. One they haven't seen in almost a decade. What does that come from? I think it comes from the way they finished competitively last year into a good off season where felt people felt good about the players coming in and a really strong performance in week one, and it's just sort of snowballing. And it's pretty critical early in the Lance Leipold tenure that they play well in Morgantown now. I mean, because it's funny how expectations shift. You know, the conversation going in was, can they win more than two games in this season? Does anybody think that's a realistic expectation anymore? Doesn't it feel like now... It's like, can they not finish last in the Big 12? 
I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. That's probably unfair, but that's just sort of what it feels like to me. I think it's on the table, um, and and really, the major litmus test will be tomorrow. I, I'm I'm so excited to sit down. Yeah, because and, West Virginia might be one of those teams, right? That they that yeah. they jump. I, I mean, in exactly, your head, yeah. at least. Exactly, and and you know the the spread, and we'll talk about it when we get to the picks um, later on in the program. But the spread is not like what we typically see with Kansas playing other Big Twelve teams. The spread is thirteen and a half, and it's not uncommon to see Kansas going into Big Twelve opponents, especially on the road, and that spread being three, four touchdowns or more. Uh, and so, I, it, even the even the odds makers are thinking, okay, this might be a little bit tighter than than what any other Big 12 opponent could potentially be. So I think the other thing to keep in mind with Kansas, you know, you mentioned the players that they got. You mentioned the personnel, how they worked the transfer portal. There's something to be said about the steady leadership at the top spot as the head coach. And that's something that Kansas has desperately lacked for a long time. I even go back to the Charlie Weiss days. It really it wasn't there. David Beatty, I think, was just in over his head. Les Miles was the opposite of steady. Uh, and so I think that you've got kind of a quiet confidence with the guy in Lance Leipold who has made his living on rebuilding programs and bringing kind of this quiet, calm confidence. And that's what he is. And it's it's not unlike what Chris Kleiman brings at Kansas State. I think that there are ways that you can compare Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold based on just kind of the way that they carry themselves. And so, you know, I, I go back to what three years ago or four years ago, whenever it was that it was the same off season that Chris Kleiman and Les Miles were both hired. And at the time it was like, well, yeah, Kansas state hired an FCS coach and Kansas hired uh, a national championship winning coach. Okay. Well look at how both of those panned yep. out and Kansas needed to, try to find their version of Chris Kleiman, and it looks yeah. like they oh, got him in Lance Leipold. Totally, totally. Um, it, it, the, the Lance Leipold hire was absolutely all about what was happening at K-State, I believe. Because, it, and why, and quite frankly, why wouldn't it be? Because that's what, you know, that's what you want to see. You, you want... KU's never taken the right approach until now for me since the hiring of Charlie Wise, right? Like they've tried to be flashy and it didn't work with Beatty. Maybe Beatty was, was an attempt at that approach, but you know, the experience wasn't there. So this combination of, look, this guy knows what he's doing. He's done it at a lower level, but he's done it really successfully for a long, long time. That's what we need. That's what K-State went and did with Kleiman. And I, and I loved the Kleiman hire because I've always thought that people overrate uh, – sorry, let me rephrase that. People underrate winning, right? It is hard to win as a coach at any level. So when you've got guys that just have a long track record of winning, that that translates, man. Like, you know, you go back to Brian Kelly's days at Grand Valley State with a dynasty and when he's never done anything but win. And, and look at what he's been able to do at last week for LSU put aside. They they made the right hire. I don't I don't think anybody doesn't think that. It's where does the expectation rise or fall to this year for KU that I've become the most curious about? Because 
I'm not sure that I anticipated the buzz being as high as it feels right now. And it's still a guarded buzz. I get that. But it's more of a buzz than we've seen, I don't know, Tommy, in four years, at least since the first year of Les Miles, Um, and maybe even longer than that. There is a buzz. So with that buzz, does the you know does the expectation get put to a place of of unfairness to the program? That's the I don't have that answer yet. I don't know what I think about that yet, but it's what I keep thinking about. Like, what is is there going to be a point this year where Kansas wins four games and it feels like a disappointing season? Where two weeks ago everyone would have been like. Hell yeah, four games. Sign me up for that right now. I think that possibility exists. I really do. I think, yeah, I think we'll know. We'll have a better idea of that uh, in twenty, a little over twenty-four hours from now. Um, and, and it depends upon you know that that game against West Virginia. You can it can go one of two directions, right? And as soon as it's over with, I think we'll have a pretty good idea. All right, so two or three wins seems to be a pretty solid expectation. Or all right. Uh, there's something else here that's building. And um, it, it, again, it's difficult. And, and we've talked about this before. It's difficult to gauge it based off of a game against Tennessee Tech. But that being said, they played the one of the most complete games that I've seen Kansas football play in years against Tennessee Tech. When in years past, they've struggled against the same level of competition. And so, uh, you know, again, this is a, a conference opponent. It's on the road. Um, it Morgantown, regardless of, of what people think about it, is a tough environment to play in. It always has been. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that we'll have a pretty clear idea of exactly how far along this rebuild is at after this game tomorrow. I think that they're clearly building they're clearly on the right track it's just going to be a question of how far along down the track are they after this game tomorrow yeah i I, yeah i I think so i think so and i think in in a span of less than a month the expectation has probably risen among ku fans whether we're you know we're ready to accept that or not i think that's the reality uh Come on. That, I'm, I'm excited about that game. Most excited I've been, honestly and legitimately, I mean this. It's the most excited for a Kansas football game. I think I've been in, in uh, I don't even remember. It's been that long. Like, I can't even tell you the yeah. last time because I think there's so much to prove here, and I love that. For Kansas State, very different reasons I'm excited about this game. Um, I, I think that they have an opportunity here a little bit more, certainly more than they did last week to make a statement for the country and make a statement in the sense that we have one of the best defensive players in the country. We have one of the best offensive players in the country. We think we're going to have one of the best defenses overall in the country and wait until you see us. It's not the, the biggest stage yet, but certainly the you know the Mizzou history will bring a few more eyes to it. They're expect they're also expecting just a, an enormous crowd. I was talking to a K Stater I work with last night. He's heard you know maybe a, a sort of a record crowd for the last few years, standing room only type situation. Um, it, it is a it is a grand opportunity for you know a much larger stage for K State to make a statement and say we are contenders in the Big Twelve right now. Look, we, we and you could see this coming a mile away. 
what were they picked? Fifth, I think. They're picked fifth, but they're also picked to have the most all-conference players in the conference's offensive and defensive players of the year. And they're picked fifth. Par the course for K-State football. Now is a big opportunity for them to make a massive statement to the rest of the league and the rest of the country that they are contenders. Because I think that they are. And there's a lot of questions that need to be answered when we get into that too. But just from a broad perspective, this is a big opportunity for Kleiman and staff to do something to to really help the future of the program too. I'm telling you right now, people are sleeping on Kansas State and their abilities in the Big 12. It, I, I'll tell you, when I when I started doing the whole wagering thing when it went live a week ago, the easiest bet that I made was the futures on Kansas State's win total. It was like six yeah. and a half, and it was yeah. like that. That was a no brainer. Um, I, I don't think there was an easier wager that I made than that um, because they they are so complete, especially defensively, uh, and their running game is complete. We know who Deuce Vaughn is. We know how explosive and dynamic he is. Really, the only question mark that I have, and we've talked about it on this program before, is the passing game with Adrian Martinez. And we know he can do it. He's done it in the past, did it at Nebraska. Can he do it at Kansas State? Will that be his role? What does the passing attack look like? And who are the guys that will step up to catch the the deep ball from Adrian Martinez? That's, in my mind, literally the only thing that's standing between Kansas State and competing for a Big 12 championship. I think that they're knocking on the doorstep. I, I don't want to say that they are as deep personnel-wise as Baylor and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, but they can certainly compete uh, at that at that same level. And I think that they're they're just about there. Man, I think they are right there. I know I, I do think they're there. The one big question is what we hope we see this weekend. If, but if we see the passing game, you know, just be – it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Efficient is the key. We know that. But I think it, I do think it needs to be a little bit more than efficient. I, but if that gives us anything, like if we get any indication that the Martinez-Klein combination will at least be something defenses have to account for. I, I don't think that Oklahoma State or Baylor have anything on K-State. I think they're just as much in it as those schools, as Oklahoma. Texas has its its big test this weekend. That's one of the games we're picking, by the way. Um, I, I think Kansas State has as much. Look, the people that cover this league the closest told us that they think this team has the offensive and the defensive best players in the league and the most all-conference players. There's just this thing that gets in voters and nationally. Like, people just have a problem putting K-State to that level, but they don't have a problem recognizing how much talent this team has. And it does have this much talent. And both of the coaches that will be in charge of Adrian Martinez's development, Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman, have a track record now of developing quarterbacks. So... You know, I would tend to think they could get the best out of Adrian Martinez because, one, look at what they did for Skylar Thompson most recently. We just had him yesterday on KWCH. He was gracious enough to do a long interview with our TJ Cleland. You can check that out at KWCH.com. But nobody three years ago saw Skylar Thompson as basically the preseason MVP, a draft pick, and a, and a quarterback now on an NFL roster. Nobody did. He developed into that under this staff. 
if the and 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 Kleiman's track record is very long, right? It goes all the way back to you know to some big names that are currently in the NFL. But if you look at that, think about Adrian Martinez. Seems like it's a fit. If they get anything out of that, why wouldn't they be right there with Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas? If you think that's there, because what? Because those teams have more four-star recruits. Who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, I, you mentioned three years ago, people not thinking Skylar Thompson would be on an NFL roster. I would say maybe like five months ago, three months ago. I mean, that, that name wasn't there nationally. Nobody was talking about Skylar Thompson making the NFL. The development was there. Now it's time for Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein to do the same thing with Adrian Martinez. That's the only, I don't even want to say it's a missing link. That's the only thing that we're waiting on. And with that, Kansas State becomes a complete team. It, it, for sure. Let's talk about Skylar Thompson. He's in the news because he talked to us on TV yesterday, and I want to kind of go through some of that. And just he's, he is such an anomaly and what it ties into and what it could mean this year. We'll come back, top of the hour, and then we'll make some picks. We'll talk some high school football. Your calls, 869-1240, a jam-packed Friday edition of the show. We're excited about it. Our first full Friday of the fall. Here we go, baby. It's football season, and we love it here on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.